one. Before I do that though, what I want to do is start with an exercise of in analysis. As a teacher, I, I quite like you to exercise your brains and engage. Uh, but I want you to think of somebody you know well. It could be a mother, it could be a partner, it could be one of your child or uh, children or one of your best friends. When you think about them, and I want you to think about what makes them special. Think about what makes them special. List them in order, from top to bottom. This is what makes them really, really special. Maybe the top three. Now, I know this is maybe a little bit cruel, and I'm, I, I really hope that you don't, I'm thinking of somebody you really don't like, because this might make you quite angry. I want you to think about reasons why they are not special. Think about reasons why they're not special. And I want you to compare the two lists. So, someone you know well, think about why they are special and why they are not special. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, they may be very, very special to us. And you may be thinking of someone very special to you. But in the context of the world and in the context of history, they're probably not very special. <coughs> and if we start to think of ourselves as very, very special, we're probably pretty soon put on our place, especially by our colleagues. And if you've got, you know, close family, they're very, very good at putting you in your place if you think you're too special. So today we're starting our run into Christmas, uh, as you can probably tell by the decorations around us. Uh, but rather than uh, talking about uh, the person who is at the centre of it, uh, which we might talk about in a few weeks' time, um, we, uh, Craig has asked me to talk about Mary. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about Mary. So if you can turn in your Bibles, we use the ESV, especially if you've got your uh, mobile devices, the ESV version, uh, we're looking at Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. And if you could follow that with me. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's Mary was sorry, the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, "Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you." But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall, name, uh, you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, uh, to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son. 
And this is the sixth month with her, who she, uh, who she was, uh, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, "Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be, uh, be to me according to your word." And the angel departed from her. Let me just pray as we uh, delve into the Bible. Father, we thank you for giving us this, your word. Uh, we pray that you open it up. You reveal to us your truth. You guide my words and you help us to change our lives to be more like you and learn to follow you more closely and to love you more. In Jesus' name. Amen. So you'll be glad, as Craig says, I have a very, very short uh, sermon today. I've just got two points um, and I fear that I may get into trouble, especially among those of a, a Catholic upbringing. So uh, my first point is this. Mary is not special at all. Mary is not special at all. But before I get people getting up and walking out of me, I haven't had that yet, I don't think. Some people sometimes go to the toilet, I think. And some people sometimes go and look after their children. Uh, but I don't think I've had anyone walking out, out on me yet. That's my second point. Maybe this is a spoiler, but my second point is that Mary is the most special person. Okay, so the first point is that Mary isn't special at all. If you, you see, if we take the person that you were thinking about, that person who you listed as, you know, with their special qualities and compared to them to their non-special qualities, if I just say... Well, they're human, aren't they? Well, yeah, they're human. So they're not special in that sense. They were born in a normal way. They live and they'll probably won't do anything where people will remember them through history and throughout the world, and then they'll die. And if you want to compare it, well, we're really comparing it with the person who was born in the most extraordinary way, lived a life that is probably the most famous in history. And whilst he died, he also came back to life, which was witnessed by many, uh, um, including you know, 500, as Paul writes in Corinthians 1, uh, chapter 15, verse 6. 500 brothers at the same time. You see, this narrative here, as we look down at it in one, uh, uh, ch chapter 1 of Luke, it just screams to us, Mary is human. Mary is just an ordinary girl. And we can see this emphasized by where she came from. Stick up your hands if you know of a village called Crothorn. No? That doesn't surprise me at all. That is the village that I grew up in. Now, I used to play fantasy football uh, with my students. Uh, I was pretty good at it. I usually was in the top five or top ten. Um, uh, but I named my team Crowthorn United. And I had this, you know, interesting fantasy. I mean, it's just like any sport or any kind of team. Uh, you choose some of the best players and you put them into your team. So I had this thought uh, that one day if I was a billionaire, what I would do is I would build a stadium and buy all the best players from around the world and I would put them in my team, 
Crowther and United. Nobody's ever heard of the place, and this would put it on the map. But that would, without a doubt, say, this is my team. There wasn't anything there before, and that makes it even more special, the fact that it's a, it's a place nobody's heard of. I will have built it from the ground up, and that makes me even more special. You see, Nazareth, it's a, uh, it's a city in Galilee. And the, those, of, uh, uh, those of us who have been uh, attending uh, the men's Bible study have seen it come up a, cu- a couple of times. In chapter 1 of John's Gospel, and, and Nathaniel says, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And in chapter 7, we've seen the Pharisees say, Search and see that no prophets arise from Galilee. It would be like saying the next major genius inventor will come out of Bukidinda. It's pretty special to us, but it's how many people around the world have heard of the little town of Bukidinda? See, Nazareth is just like that, and it says that Mary is just an ordinary girl. This is not some princess in a palace. This is not the daughter of a world religious leader. She hasn't had the sparkling Cambridge education. Unlike Moses, she wasn't raised in a palace. Unlike Paul, she wasn't trained as a Pharisee from birth. The reason for those we see elsewhere, and come and talk to me afterwards if you want to know about, obviously, why Moses had to be raised in a palace uh, and Paul so uniquely is raised as a Pharisee. But Mary is different. She is raised as just an ordinary young girl in this very minor city. And in those days, a minor city would just be what we would consider possibly even the same size as my village, Crowthorn, when I was growing up. So, what we see here from God raising up this minor, uh, this, this, small, yeah, this young girl from this minor uh, village is the contrast. The contrast is all the greater because we can see what God is doing. God is saying here, this is my doing. Do you see the way that I said, well, I'm going to raise up the most magnificent team in Crowthorn United because that is an insignificant place. God is saying, I'm going to take this, this girl from this insignificant city, minor city, and I am going to bring out the greatest thing in the world. So let's look back at Luke 1. There is a repetition of the word virgin. And obviously this is to confirm the truly miraculous birth. But if we think about Mary, there's nothing miraculous about this. Now, don't get me wrong, I I might well get into trouble if I don't say this wrong in front of all the women in the room. To give birth is an amazing, wonderful thing. To carry a baby around for nine months, we we lose fact, we kind of lose lose the wonder of that fact because it happens quite a lot. Um, 
But uh, birth is amazing, and motherhood and being able to bring life into the world is amazing and miraculous in itself. But Mary's birth was not really much different from, sorry, uh, motherhood was not really much different from any others. We're not told that she somehow had the, the most perfect uh, giving of birth, that she didn't have morning sickness. We don't, we're not told any of that. So we can only assume that just it was a normal birth. You see, Mary is just an ordinary woman. We see, uh, if you look down, we see that she is afraid. Mirroring many times when in the Old Testament, the angel comes to someone and says, do not be afraid. Yes, she is brave, but to fear is human. And she is just a young girl. So imagine the life-shattering news that you have become pregnant. Naturally, in verse 29, we see she is, was greatly troubled. She is also compared to her cousin Elizabeth, another woman, uh, this time barren, in whom another miracle is happening. All the more emphasizing that Mary is hu very human. We see throughout the Gospels this emphasis that Jesus is fully human and fully divine. And so it is all the more important that we see Mary as just a human. And finally, in the rest of Luke, before Jesus' death, where Mary comes to tend the body, Mary isn't mentioned at all, not by name, but she is alluded to twice. So I don't know whether you want to flick with the, me to these, uh, these uh, brief mentions. So in chapter 8, uh, verse 19, Luke writes, and you'll probably recognize this. So in chapter 8, verse 19, Luke writes, Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mothers and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And in chapter 11, verse 27, chapter 11, verse 27, as he said these things, as he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice. You can imagine this public, kind of, some of them were hecklers, some of them are praising him. He, she says, blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts which you nursed. And he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. <coughs> you see, Jesus does not see being a physical relation to him as special at all. This week, we've been looking at John chapter 7, where his brothers completely misunderstand his ministry and urge him to go and publicly show himself up in Jerusalem, not realizing that people want to kill him. You see that Jesus' brothers, it's not special at all to be Jesus' brothers. And this is what Jesus is saying in these two verses. He does not see being a physical relation to him special at all. Well, we will come back to those verses. But you can see that Luke records very carefully to show us that being Jesus' mother is nothing special at all. You see, the greatness and glory of God is only amplified by the fact that Mary 
is not special at all. So how do I come to my second point? Mary is the most special person. <coughs> Look down at verse 38. Verse 38 says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it to be to me according to your word. Let's quickly uh, flip back to those chapters I was looking at. Chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Then his mothers and brothers came to him, but they could not easily reach him because of the crowd. And he, told, he was told, Your mothers and brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mothers and brothers, and my mother and brother are those who hear the word of God and do it. You see, what to Jesus, the most important thing, the most special thing, is those who hear the word of God and do it. And what does Mary do? She says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Jesus is not snubbing his mother here. Instead, he's saying, the fact that she's physically my mother, my biological mother, it's, that's not important. What is important is that she has listened and obeyed. That is what makes her important. And in, verse, in chapter 11, verse 27, you can see it now. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And we see elsewhere, Mary keeps these things in her heart. The words that she was spoken to and all the miraculous things that Jesus does. It's the same thing. Jesus is not dismissing his mother. He's actually honoring her. Let's look back at Luke chapter 1, this time at verse 35. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Can anyone tell me who, pop quiz, which people in the Old Testament were anointed by the Holy Spirit? People in my Bible study aren't allowed to answer this because I asked this a couple of times. Who in the Old Testament was anointed by the Holy Spirit? I might pick on someone in a minute if they don't. Yeah, if I don't get any volunteers. Anyone? David. David, yes. Anyone else? Which group of people? In the Old Testament. Old Testament? Sorry? Elijah, yes. Well, we've got two of the representatives there of the two groups. It was the kings and the prophets. Sorry, I didn't hear you. <laughs> Gotta be a bit louder. That's all right. So the kings and the prophets. How unique is that? How special are those people? The kings and prophets. And now Mary is elevated to among that lofty crowd. But she is the first of a new generation. In the prophecy in Joel, chapter 2, verse 28, 
And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. The foretelling of a new age where the spirit is poured out on his people has just arrived. Because Jesus has arrived. And Mary is the first to be filled with this spirit. So you see, Mary is special. But what's more important, and this is my kind of semi-last point, sorry, I did say I was go, got two points. That for anyone here who is a Christian, who has the mark and seal of the Holy Spirit, for whom the Spirit indwells, I don't think you realise, I don't think we realise how very special and how very unique that is. How you were chosen. For this thing was only granted to kings and prophets in the Old Testament before Jesus. And finally, what makes Mary the most special person, verse 30, I've alluded to already. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favour with God. You see, God chose her. She is all the more special for the very reason that she is not special at all. God chose her. Like he has chosen everyone here who is a Christian. God works out his greater glory because we are fallen, fallible, terrible people. We are weak and we are selfish and we are lazy. I know that I am. I'm sorry if I'm tarring you with the same brush as me. But as Christians, we are special. We are the most special people because God has chosen us. And he has promised us a place in heaven. As a Christian, you have that promised place in eternity. Let me finally read. Elizabeth greets Mary in verse 20, uh, 42. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believed. It is her faith that saves her. It is that, that faith that saves us. And it's God who is more, all the more magnificent, all the greater for his glory because we are not special at all. And if you're here today and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian or you're not sure, God is calling you today. God has chosen you. And he has a place set aside in heaven for you. God is calling you today. He has chosen you. And he set aside a place today for you in heaven. Let me pray. Father, how we long for that day in eternity when we will 
you will continue to unpack these amazing truths, but your glory will be made known and we will fall to our knees because we will realize just how insignificant we are. And you will come to us and raise us up and say, I have a place for you in eternity. Lord, we long for that day. And we long to be called your good and faithful servant. Lord, make us your good and faithful servant. And let us follow in the example of Mary. Let us obey, Lord, because it is in your word. In Jesus' name. Amen.